0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a new episode. You've been getting some retreads since we've been out for uh, the holidays. Um, we had Hanukkah and Christmas and New Year's and rabbis been flying all over the world doing funerals for very big people who can pay him lots of money to help him put food on the table for his children. So now we are here live um, and recording this podcast. Today we are taking on a uh, uh, another epidemic that, that, that's just right in our backyard, which is human trafficking. So whether you're in Kansas, whether you're in Yemen, or whether you're here in Martin County, Florida, odds are that you can play a part in God's call to help liberate those who are entangled in the the horrors of human trafficking. So we have brought on um, a great expert today, uh, Noel Thomas, who has committed his life now with ZeroTrafficking.com as his organization. Noel I don't know what you're prepared or if you're worried that you're about to jump on a show with a priest and a rabbi, uh, but we're just happy that you're here and you're going to share the good news. So uh, are, are you ready for this? Oh, I'm excited. Thanks for having me on this show. Let's dive in. All right, everyone. ZeroTrafficking.com. Noel Thomas is our guest. Subscribe to our podcast as we were just continuing on in 2022. And we love to just keep on bringing more and more topics of uh, that affect us as people of faith and how we can join God's movement of love and redemption. All right, everyone. We'll see you in just the flippers. Peace.
1: A priest! A rabbi! A priest! A rabbi! A priest! A rabbi!
2: The opinions you hear from on this show do not represent WSTU, since they probably regretted over-allowing the show on the air in the first place. Nor do they represent Temple Made Higham or
0: St. Mary's Episcopal Church, since they also wonder what the heck they did when they called these two men to lead their respective congregations. On that note, sit back, relax, relax. Grab your Bible or a Torah, and enjoy another episode of A Priest and a Rabbi. Good morning, Martin County. It is Father Christian here with the best rabbi you know in Martin County, because he's probably the only rabbi you know in Martin County. He's Rabbi Durbin. And so we are a priest and a rabbi. I'm over at St. Mary's Episcopal Church here in Steard, Florida. Rabbi is over at Temple Beth Hayam. And uh, to, today we are taking on human trafficking. I mean, we're not personally, well, maybe, but we're going to bring on a, an expert of Noel Thomas, who works for Zero Trafficking, who's going to help little old people like you and me How do we join the fight as people of faith uh, to help stop uh, sex trafficking, labor trafficking, human trafficking in general? Because, uh, spoiler alert, Florida is ranked number one uh, on some of the State Department uh, sites as uh, number one in human trafficking in the United States of America. So uh, we all got to play our parts as people who believe that every single human being is made in the image of god how do we protect and then we'll get into how does also the people who are trafficking those how about the redemption of their soul because you could just throw them in prison and say you're the bad guy but as people of faith we believe in redemption and restoration we believe in a god who restores um, even those who have trafficked other human beings. So we're going to get into that as well and hold our feet to the fire. Um, but first, let me check in with my better half on the show. Uh, it is the brains of the operation. It is Rabbi Durbin. How are you, young man? I'm doing really well. I mean, I know it, it has been a
1: while since you and I have sat um, collectively together in these one-by-one cubicle jail cells. Uh, it's been a while, uh, but it's great to be here. Um, and I am... Uh, I'm inspired by today. I think that there's a lot that we, as uh, individuals and as a collective community, can learn uh, from Noel and his experiences and the reasons why he started his organization. Um, and I think it's also important for us to recognize that, you know, as as you said, Father Anderson, look, Florida's number one, um, and it's not just a Thailand issue or a South a Southeast Asian issue. That it 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 there it, there are no boundaries and there are no borders to which human trafficking in all of its nastiness and its guises, um, you know, is is devoid of. Uh, So it's, I think, um, look, I think for me, it's something that um, I'm I'm actually really interested to, to learn some of those triggers or some of those tools that I can use within my community and beyond to be able to recognize and to be able to try and stop Um, I mean, I'm not naive. I know it will not be eradicated uh, immediately, but I think, as you said, to be able to do our part so that we can try and make our area uh, a little bit more, um, you
0: know, a little bit more peaceful. Well, let's bring in the expert here. His name is Noel Thomas. Uh, he is a bit of a renaissance man, but God has called him to start to, 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 to focus on uh, human trafficking. He's got a story to tell, uh, but Zero Trafficking is his company and uh, he is the CEO and they work from more of the, the, the digital technology uh, that's going to help you. Uh, and your industry, learn who are all the folks that could be involved with human trafficking that you know of how to operate your business and maybe steer around them. Um, he's going to explain this much better, but let's bring him in. Uh, we just blew our whole budget on flying him in on Zoom Airlines. Uh, Noel Thomas from Zero Trafficking, welcome to A Priest and a Rabbi. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me on. All right, my friend. So listen, tell us a little bit about Zero Trafficking. How do you guys approach um, how do you guys make a dent in, 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 um, in human trafficking?
2: Yeah, well, thanks for asking. I mean, you know, our, our goal and mission is to disrupt human trafficking networks. So we're attacking it as an organized crime problem, stopping the flow of money and, uh, and helping our partners break down the infrastructure uh, of human trafficking, the whole supply chain from start to finish um and you know it's our goal to see the eradication of of human trafficking in our lifetime it affects 32 million people worldwide it's a 150 billion dollar industry that funds cartels and terrorists and and uh, organized criminals and so our goal is just to disrupt it at every level uh using advanced tradecraft data and analytics to uh to fight these guys
0: so what does it look like so let's say uh uh I have a hotel chain mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, they're, you know, we're on that. We're here in Florida. There's a lot of people flying in. I'm concerned that sometimes our hotel rooms could be potentially rented out to, to some traffickers. So, so do we call you in?
2: Well, uh, I would say the first step is just training your staff and front frontline employees to understand the signs of human trafficking. So, Um, The the first part is, is you don't know what you don't know. So by equipping your employees to um, see these signs of human traffickers, airlines have been very effective in this type of training. They've actually saved lives of individuals that were trafficked. So by having that comprehensive training, uh, that's a good start. And that would be a place that you would call our team in and our intelligence experts. We'd work with uh, management and frontline staff to train them. But uh, as far as if you suspect human trafficking, you know you're a hotel owner. Uh, there's a national human trafficking hotline that you would call 373 eight 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 three seven three seven eight eight eight, and you would report that to the national human trafficking hotline, and then they would pass that tip on to law enforcement to uh, to investigate that. And, right, and, and no, a- sorry, sorry.
1: Yeah, given 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 the interest and certainly the the you know opportunities that you have know, presented itself for you. Um, why this field, and how did you get into it?
2: So, it's actually uh, an interesting kind of background. <laughs> I started in a, a rock and roll band that was uh, touring the world. Uh, we're doing missions with a group called Operation Mobilization uh, in YWAM overseas, and uh, and so got to travel a lot with uh, the band and while on tour with the band, I got a flyer on human trafficking, and I learned that there was 32 million people enslaved and. And this was in 2007, and I'd heard a lot about uh, child soldiers and clean water and kind of these other issues, but human trafficking at the time was uh, relatively unknown, at least to me. And so I became fascinated with this problem and just kind of understanding. It because, you know, I feel like Christ came to set the captives free that we, you know, are, are in spiritual bondage and, and, and God has set us free from that spiritual bondage. And so that was kind of just a natural extension of, of the grace that I've felt in my life. So uh, I go over to India, I t- take a team over there and uh, we're in India filming um, uh, human trafficking in these brothels in, in northern India. And I see this little girl who's about 14 years old being trafficked right in front of me. She's behind these iron bars and law enforcement is helping facilitate the sale in the street. And people are negotiating right in front of me. We're filming. And uh, and then we start getting chased and kind of have to hightail it out of there. But uh, that scene really sticks with me. So this is 10 years ago. I'm watching this. And I think of this quote by Edmund Burke, where he said that all it takes for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. And so Mm this kind of started a a career in this. And so I come back, you know, we've got a nonprofit Um, that nonprofit spreads a lot of awareness, to churches and schools and anyone that, that will listen. And, and I think now a lot of people are at least, you know, conceptually aware of human trafficking. But from there, I realized that the problem is also in our backyards. It's here in the U S became the statewide anti-human trafficking coordinator for the state of Florida setting up safe houses and managing appropriations. And, and it was there working with these task forces uh, of both federal and local law enforcement that I realized that they didn't have the technological tools to hunt these traffickers. And so from there, uh, we brought a lot of people on uh, from intelligence backgrounds uh, that, you know, former acting administrator of the DEA and, and these other intelligence agencies and in um, companies and just started throwing that expertise in at the problem of of human trafficking so it's it's become a passion i feel uh it's most certainly a calling and it stems really from the flyer on tour thank thank you to that person who brought me that flyer and seeing that firsthand uh in india uh ten years ago
0: so what is no i mean we we've uh, as people of faith, uh, we, we've heard the issue, just heard about it. Sure. Um, we know when we drive up and down Federal Highway, there are certain massage parlors that because of the busts that happened a couple years ago that ended up not really going anywhere, but that there's, there's, there's shenanigans going on, whether it's uh, prostitution or as far as human trafficking, it's there. Talking to some law enforcement folks, uh, it gets brought up a lot like it's really hard almost impossible to stop the cycle because if you shut down one, they just move and go somewhere else. So you might kick them out of your neighborhood. They're just going to go down the street. Right. Furthermore, the victims are not going to talk. A lot of times they're held hostage by a passport or they were promised labor when they came out here and thrown into this horrific industry and their families back home. And the only thing to happen to them. So. So so the the, the, the feedback I've gotten is there's really not much you can do except get your church to say, hey, don't go to these massage parlors and and, and don't give them business. But I have a feeling that there's something more, that you're up to something bigger, a, a new way of looking at how to how to how to approach this.
1: Can we can we also also just for our listeners also break down what that term human trafficking means? I think that there may be some who may be a little ill advised as to. That it's only sexual or it may be only you know x y or Z. Uh, you no know, could you define for us what 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 trafficking or human trafficking would be or is yeah
2: yeah absolutely so human trafficking breaks down to three categories uh, you've got sex trafficking which is probably the most commonly known labor trafficking which often looks like forced labor and the third is organ trafficking where organs are sold on the uh the black market which is a smaller subset of of mm-hmm. human trafficking so uh, the minimum threshold for human trafficking is force, fraud, and coercion, and that's what prosecutors are, are looking for, uh, Christian, to what you alluded to in, in these cases. They're looking for that threshold of force, fraud, and coercion, and, um, and a lot of times these individuals you know, are promised a better life, uh, especially when you talk about um, massage parlors that double over as, uh, as, as fronts for human trafficking that these individuals will be promised uh, from poorer regions in, in, in Asia and in South America and, and elsewhere in the world, Eastern Europe. Um, uh, so they have forced fraud and coercion as they bring these individuals, men and women, uh, and children over uh, to, to work under these visas. And then once they get here, they don't speak the language, they don't know anyone, um, and so the passports are taken, they, they don't have freedom of movement, they can't tell anyone because they don't speak the native language, and so um, they, they get thrown into sometimes a, a commercial sex um, industry as a labor trafficking victim. So they're labor trafficked into commercial commercial sex or sex trafficking. Um, and so there's a lot of different faces that human trafficking can take and, and industries that are affected worldwide, everything from manufacturing to hospitality, um, to brick making and, uh, and fishing uh, around the world can, can include uh, forms of labor trafficking and human trafficking. But,
0: all, but everything you just said is happening right here in the States, too.
2: That's exactly right. And that's right exactly. here in Florida. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that was kind of my misconception, right? When I first heard about human trafficking, I thought that it was only uh, happening overseas. And, and most certainly it's happening uh, here in Florida, it's happening in Morton County. And we've had, you know, some pretty notable cases uh, in which it's happened right in our backyards over the last, you know, few years.
0: But the, you know, so so when that when that big bust happened recently, which we're referring to a couple of years ago here in Martin County and in other uh, neighboring counties, uh, there was a big bust that went down, and the, the big notable name was Robert Kraft from the Patriots. Um, it all got thrown out because the evidence got a little bit bungled. But the uh, or there was good lawyers. Um, but <laughs> the uh, but what I heard from some folks was like, "Oh come on, you know, listen, if it's consensual prostitution, it's consensual prostitution. Let's not make a federal case out of this." So from your experience as an expert in this field when we see these massage parlors is there uh, is there sex trafficking happening here or is this just what, you know women who said ah, I'm consensually joining up for a prostitution and this is a way for me to pay through grad school
2: yeah well a, a couple of things here i mean again going back to this force fraud and coercion they may think that they're coming to work in a massage uh, in the massage industry but not you know considering that it's gonna include sexual acts. And so um, at the very least, it is a form of labor trafficking because they don't have the freedom of movement um, with their passports, you know. So they can't take their passport, they can't leave the facility. A lot of them are living in the facility or or in in houses where they don't have the freedom of movement to, to leave at any time. And so um, so we try and kill that argument often because we we hear that a lot, you know. And and the other thing is, is that organized crime knows that law enforcement is uh, looking typically for under 18 victims. And so if they can paint the picture that this is a consensual worker that's over 18 that's choosing this, they can fly under the radar and have been doing so, uh, generating millions of dollars. And just to kind of give you an example, did uh, some work in Arizona this one illicit massage brothel was pulling in about a million uh, a year. It was one of 150 in a little town, a little bigger than, than Stuart, Florida. And so $150 million in illicit profit that's occurring. So this is huge, huge industry. Um, and by by making it look consensual and independent workers, sex workers, that uh, these criminals are able to, to really evade have been able to evade detection. And to your point earlier, what are we doing differently? It's like, we're going after, we're going after the profits. We're using the RICO and racketeering laws, which basically are laws that say, hey, if you're involved in organized crime, we're taking out the business of crime, tax evasion, you know, these other crimes that kind of attach to organized crime. Um, and that was what was used to go after the five families uh, of, of New York and, and kind of clean up um, New York. City, so those laws already exist on the books, and they're a tool set that uh, sometimes aren't thought of first. That are very effective in in dismantling these uh, organized trafficking groups.
1: All right. So, so no, what 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 are some of the what are some of the signs that what we as as bystanders uh, might be able to recognize or. Um, you know, something that, that would alert us to be able to say, you know, that's that something there's just not right. Um, you know, in your experience, what, what are some of those signs?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, there's the hotline.org has a, a lot of great uh, cards and kind of awareness on, on these signs of human trafficking. And it's important to, to know that it's when these signs start stacking on top of each other. Uh, that, that that's a, a good indicator that there might be, be human trafficking. One, one sign alone uh, is usually not enough, um, but uh, can be an indicator. So, you know, you're looking for individuals that are malnourished. They're, they're showing signs of, of physical injury. They, they won't make eye contact. Um, you know, they don't appear to be able to talk for themselves or if they go to pay for something they're not able to use their own forms of payment or um, they don't have any ID on them. And you know they're working these long hours, they're living at their place of employment. So um, all of those kind of things are, are kind of general signs. And when they start stacking on top of each other, that's when uh, the, the red flags go, go higher. And then the other thing is, is part of the training that we do for retailers is we show them the, the tattoos, the scars, marks and brands that the traffickers will essentially brand their victims with their signs. And so um, Mm. by showing these retailers and other businesses what to look for in tattoos, sometimes they can spot the victim of human trafficking by the markings that they
0: have as as well. Mm. Okay, so if Rabbi Durbin and I (coughs) pastor two different congregations, sorry, we are spiritual leaders of different congregations. I'm using a Christian term, Light Durbin, You can smack me across the face for <laughs> uh, you're used to that. You um, took it from somewhere. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so when we have business men and women in our congregation who run businesses, and so the one thing that you, you during a pre-production phone call you talked about, the, the, human trafficking affects so many different industries, right? Uh, because as you were saying, the person's got to be flown in, then they gotta be Ubered somewhere, they put up at a hotel, there's groceries that got to be purchased. So there's all these different industries. And guess what? In our congregations, we have the people who work in these places. That's right. So how can and you know trying to get us how how can people like Rabbi Durbin and I help be part of the cause is, you know, what kind of information or how to, if, if we, you know, we bring in someone like you for like a like a lunch and learn, a workshop that you teach our business leaders. Um, what kind of business leaders, again, like what, 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 how can people heighten their awareness? Be like, well, what, what do I, what, what can I do? I just, you know, I work at Publix. How's, how am I going to help stop human trafficking? Could, could someone who manages the Publix actually heighten their awareness for something like this yeah. or a or to a local hotel chain?
2: Absolutely. You know, and, and to your point, you know, human trafficking touches 25 different industries. And you think about it, it's like both the traffickers and the victims have to live life. And so they start off on, on a plane, they got to fly here, right? And once they land here, they stay in a hotel, and they got to rent a car and call a rideshare, and, and, uh, and get, uh, you know, coffee at their local restaurant and buy groceries and, and clothes and, and all this sort of stuff. And so um, for each industry there's there's almost like a, a particular and customized training that will help them spot human trafficking but but really i mean uh you know there's so many points in which the victim is crossing over and touching industry that by more awareness and proper training they can identify it. and that's exactly what fortune 500 companies have brought us in to do you know these uh, these large retailers is to train their frontline staff and certify them in being able to identify the signs of human trafficking. Uh, And then we help them build protocols uh, of what to do, you know, how to take it up the chain of command and and process that tip of of human trafficking that comes in. And so to your point, uh, you know, our congregations are working in these industries and have a lot of of impact that they can make by training their frontline staff and how to identify human trafficking and uh and for us to you know what we're providing is the data the phone numbers email addresses and business names of bad actors to let's say banks that can stop the flow of money and, and stop transacting uh with these individuals and and so the goal is is to make it hard to conduct business as usual uh in, in trafficking persons so if someone
0: <laughs> runs a bank in town they can hire zero trafficking to come in and give them a list of bad actors who might be looking to open up accounts so they know that they're doing their part and not unknowingly partner with a uh, a trafficker that's the thing and
2: it's the unknowing part that creates huge risk for for these industries right um the the hotel industry is facing a lot of litigation personal injury attorneys are are suing the hotels because they're saying hey you should have known you should have had proper training you should have had this data in place and um, and trafficking occurred on your premises, so there's grounds for injuries for the victims of human trafficking. They can claim those damages and things like that. And so we're starting to see these these industries uh, not only face litigation risk, but they're facing the risk of of headlines and and ruining the reputation. No one wants to be the facilitator of of human trafficking. And so to your point in, in, on on the banks, uh, local banks is. know by training them to spot the signs uh in how the transactions look and how the the traffickers operate and providing them these lists um we've built the data set like a faucet so we can drill it down by geography and provide localized data um to to whoever uh wants and and will use this data
0: All right, my friend, listen, we're, if you're just tuning in, we're, we're on with Noel Thomas of Zero Trafficking. Uh, today on A Priest and a Rabbi, we are looking to say, how can um, everyday folk help the fight against human trafficking that's happening potentially right in your backyard? Uh, we know it's happening right here in Martin County. Um, it's definitely happening in our state as Florida is ranked number one for um, for, these, for for these human trafficking in here in the United States of America. Um, when we come back, we're gonna talk about, Noel's gonna continue this with the, with the top three things, that that can can be done, Um, that that a place like Temple Bad Hayam or St. Mary's Episcopal Church or other groups, a women's group can all come together and say, how can, what can we do to help fight this? And then we're gonna get into an interesting part of this as people of faith. What about the actual perpetrators? What do we do about them? Um, And as people of faith, how is God calling us to respond with them? Is there a redemptive part of this? And I think Noel's got a great story about uh, an incredible story of redemption about a person who was formerly a trafficker and pimp and uh, how his life changed um, through God. So uh, we're going to be right back here on A Priest and a Rabbi. Don't go anywhere. Hey everyone, it's Evan Nine, producer of A Priest and a Rabbi. Thank you for tuning in and being part of this community. We love developing new partnerships with this podcast to help further the interfaith movement. To join us, please email Father Christian at Christian at gmail.com. You can have an advertisement right here on this podcast, which is currently heard across the USA and in 34 other countries. Thanks for being here and do not forget to subscribe on whichever podcast platform you're listening from. Now back to a priest and a rabbi. Welcome back to the award-winning Priest and a Rabbi radio show with Father Christian and Rabbi Durbin. Let's get ready for the second half of the show. Welcome back to part two of a uh, Priest and a Rabbi today. Uh, if you missed the first half, shame on you. I'm kidding. If you missed first half, it's great to have you here. We got uh, Noel Thomas here with us from Zero Trafficking. We are talking about how of everyday folk could help stop human trafficking right here in Florida, in the United States of America. Um, We are learning, and maybe you already know this, that it is pervasive right here in in our country. Uh, It's pervasive right here in our county that we all serve. And as people of faith, we are servant leaders in our congreg- in, in, in our community. We serve Martin County as people of faith. How can we do that? Well, we have an epidemic and it's human trafficking. There's sex trafficking, labor trafficking, organ trafficking um, that we're learning from our incredible guest, Noel Thomas of Zero Trafficking. Um, and uh, you can always learn more at zerotrafficking.com. We're going to continue on with this conversation. Noel has, uh, has presented with us three ways of how folks can uh, respond to this issue um, when you think that there's, it's just an impossible thing to take on. Um, and and uh, so what are these three ways that we can help stop trafficking? Well, first, as we were kind of talking before, human
2: trafficking touches all these industries. And so uh, making these industries aware of, of the intersection of their company and uh, potential victims of human trafficking through Training their frontline staff and giving them the tools necessary to to respond these twenty five different industries, uh, everything ranging from hospitality to finance to uh, transportation and beyond. Right, is uh, that's that's kind of the first step, and there's a lot that can be done there, uh, and we're seeing huge returns on that type of training. So, like you know, when we work with these retailers, they're doing the trainings, and now their their frontline staff are saying, "Hey, we think that something that looked a little suspicious before." Is probably human trafficking, and sure enough, you know they're getting confirmations on that. And so, um, and that just comes down to to training, you know, going through those signs, understanding how they stack on each other, knowing the tattoos and those sort of things. And so, uh, and then having a process of how to respond to that. So that's kind of the first thing. The second thing is, and this is really important. This has worked well in Missouri, um, in the sense that you can put a lot of pressure. On the uh, uh, strip mall owners and the businesses themselves by having better ordinances, and so by having uh, a faith-based congregation that's pushing their local council members and their mayors and and others to think about the the times that these uh, that these places are open, uh, and, and and putting in place ordinances that would that would help um, push them out would be uh, incredible uh, and has worked very well in missouri as a model tell us more
0: what does that what does that look like if we were going to let's say temple Beth ham is going to rise up and do that what what would that look like what kind of change in ordinances would would help combat human trafficking
2: i mean the first thing is is the the timing you know uh of these things and and how late they're they're open um and so you know usually they're open 11 o'clock midnight, right? You know, and, and uh, a town like ours, uh, everything closes at, at nine. So um, uh, that that's kind of one thing to, to look for and thinking about ordinances around that. Um, and then just like if, uh, you know, they face a violation for human trafficking or a raid occurs that um, another uh, massage place cannot pop up uh, right after that raid. And so there's a lot of Ways in which they get clever with the ordinances, uh, either, you know, if there is an infraction that the strip uh, mall owner is then liable or, or stuff like that. The other thing is, is that the uh, health local health department can work to to go in and find health code violations uh, as well in these places, which is which is helpful as well.
1: And, and, and Noah, you know, just to also break it down a little bit further, I mean, look, we live in Florida, we live in an area that is very heavily uh, um, has the ability to do a lot of produce uh, looking at farms or looking at um, workers in the yeah. field who are producing. Um, and I I, I, I mean, I, I'm certain that there are abuses that happen in the field, uh, people taking advantage of others, even those of um, minors. Um, in your experience, have you seen a lot of that, um, especially here? Look, Florida is what the number one tomato grower in the country um and citrus growers in the country you know have you seen abuses in in those realms as well
2: yeah exactly uh so you know there was a huge case about 10 years ago um in Immokalee and uh Immokalee had several human trafficking victims and this was kind of like um the basis of labor trafficking studies in in this uh, stemmed from uh Immokalee and um and there were several that were arrested uh, I think 15 that were arrested for for human trafficking they started a coalition of Immokalee workers kind of um, based on that labor trafficking case but to your point it's like you know it affects a lot of different industries in different ways and it's not always just sex trafficking as you've rightly pointed out it's it is labor trafficking it is in the fields and um and again it's it's usually the the victim is being sold uh a lie in the sense that they're going to have a better life and there's a lot of ways in which they're recruited into this and sex trafficking it could be that they are approached by their trafficker uh who appears to be a, a boyfriend or girlfriend you know uh of this, of this individual. And so it, it actually stems from kind of a, a love romance, uh, mm. Stockholm syndrome that, that occurs. And, and so those are really tough to get them out because they actually feel that they love this, this mm. trafficker, um, and would do anything for them. And so, um, that's kind of one way. And the other is, is really this promise of, of a better life of coming, you know, into the country, uh, visa illegally however you know they're brought into the country um and then once they get here it's not the the uh american dream that they were that were they were promised Mm. and
1: and just for those that may not be familiar with this case um out of immokalee um you know the the law authorities had had found in a uh what was it one of those vans um that people were shackled they they were locked into a van shackled and if you've ever been to immokalee which is three-quarters of the way close to Naples, on the other side of the coast. It is blisteringly hot. And if you can imagine being shackled and being forced to stay there, and I think the the case was that there was a small little opening in the top of that van that they literally ripped through to be able to get out so they could breathe. Um, I mean, just something that is horrific that I think really we need to see, we need to hear, and we need to experience so that we can make change. I mean, it is inexcusable for these atrocities to happen. And I think we can't stand idly by and listen or watch it happen. And look, I, from a personal perspective, I am grateful, uh, Noel, for you and the work that you do. Um, I will say I'm a self-serving, I am a tomato rabbi. Uh, for the, uh, uh, within the first, I think, six weeks that I started my position here in 2014, uh, I did a mission trip to Immokalee with a few of my colleagues to be trained in the work that the coalition, the C.I.W. Uh, <laughs> j- does, and and some of those telltale signs that they had to experience, which um, is not for the faint of heart. It is uh, it is difficult to hear, and it is absolutely heart wrenching, and um, um, just very difficult to to, to hear. Um, but I know that the coalition of Immokalee workers out in Immokalee, they they have a museum. They have stuff that they are really trying to. Educate and inform others about the challenges and the abuses
2: that happen within the field. That's that's exactly right, and uh, I mean it's like you, you see this and you hear the songs, and, and I just go back to that quote from Edmund Burke: "You know, all it takes for evil to prevail is for good people to do nothing," and that's the easiest way to allow human trafficking to to continue, right? And there was no way. Uh, that I would have thought that someone handing me a flyer and, and doing their job to raise awareness would lead to starting an intelligence firm to fight human trafficking, right? And so you just never know. Um, it's kind of similar to sharing the gospel. You just never know the seeds that you're that you're planting in the in the person and, and kind of what could happen. And so um, I think it's important to have these conversations, though uncomfortable and though <laughs> you know it's not. Uh, Uh, necessarily going to bring the mood up at a party it is the conversation that we need to happen uh, have happened because it is modern day slavery that's occurring in 2022 and it is occurring in our communities and so it's absolutely vital to talk
1: and and no just out of curiosity i mean how do let's say i i own a business and i'm concerned in some way of evilness being infiltrated into my place of of ownership how do I find out about you? I mean, there must be other human trafficking organizations and uh, you know other areas for them to train and learn. how do they, how do people specifically hear about your organization and the work that you
2: do? Um, so we've done a lot of work with the uh, law enforcement and industry and and so far it's it's been a lot of word of mouth uh, that people have been sharing sharing it. you know we're kind of active on LinkedIn, pushing out. Uh, different thought leadership pieces of, of how people can, can fight back. Um, but, but to your point, there are many ways and avenues. Um, there's great nonprofits that are out there that are working in this space. Uh, we've got a website, you know, zerotrafficking.com. trafficking.com. Um, that's kind of the third thing. If anyone wanted to get connected, we've got a list of vetted nonprofits that we've worked with. And, you know, the sad thing to, to see is sometimes that there's uh, shams and, and kind of uh, um, you know, nonprofits that, that aren't um, working really r- for the right reasons in this space, but um, there are a lot of great nonprofits that are out there. And uh, if you go to our website, zerotracking.com and uh, go to the contact us and write us a message. Uh, if you're looking to find a good nonprofit, there's several out there. Um, one of them being, you know, international justice mission, which is a, a faith-based group A21 campaign, the National Child Protection Task Force, anti-trafficking uh, intelligence initiative. And each of them kind of have their own take on how to fight human trafficking, both uh, globally and domestically. Um, and those are just great nonprofits that if someone wanted to to donate or, or get involved, we would point them to one of these nonprofits and say, hey, these, these are ones that you should get
0: involved with. The beauty of being people of faith is that we're all uh, called by the same God to do the work to, of, of, to free us from, from enslavement. That is the biblical story. And, and, and we, and God is constantly liberating us. Um, and we are called, uh, to, to join him in this liberation. And so we have a call just right here in Martin County. Um, all of us, all of our congregations to help join this. And, and one, one simple one right in front of us, when you're just talking about the massage parlors is, is just going to our commissioners and saying, so let's look at this. Do we really yeah. need, is it going to hurt these small businesses to say you you need, there's no reason to have a massage at 10 PM where you need to get buzzed in with tinted windows. Can we do something about this? Um, because they exist. I went bike riding the other day and I'm biking and there's this sports massage place. Maybe it's legitimate, maybe it's not, but it does throw a red flag that you have to be buzzed in. All the windows are tinted. And there was a dude going in at 10 PM. That, those are out hours. that seems to me like a big red flag uh, and that, that's that's around us it's right here and uh, so let's let, let's now flip this on the other side that there are broken people I mean we're all broken but there are severely broken people who are accepting of this industry who for whatever reason are saying this is just how it is and it's it's I'm just gonna be a part of this industry of of, of selling human uh bodies for labor for organs or for sex um you have a story let's get some hope going here <laughs> you have a great story of just uh, i think it was in iceland was it um yeah. of, of of a heart being changed because as people of faith we're not just sitting here like as hammers let's destroy these people and burn them and and no there, there's we're called a redemption or restoration so give us a little hope here about people's hearts being changed
2: yeah absolutely you know and 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 it's easy to kind of look at this problem. And, and of course you want justice and, 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 you want the the victimization to, to stop. Um, and, and the thing that's really struck me is that what's going to change the heart of, of depravity in man is, is, uh, is God only God, you know, can do that. And so, um, to your point, I was in Iceland and on tour with the band and, um i met this guy that was uh a former pimp and he's just kind of sharing his his story um you know uh of how god got a hold of his life and changed his heart and so he used his house of of prostitution and and maybe you know trafficking um to become a house of restoration for individuals that were uh, addicted to various drugs and things like that and so that kind of was also a hopeful experience that no one is really beyond the redemption of God, that no one has has gone too far in life. And I think that that has given me hope that um, not only is zero trafficking a platform for that that hope and and, and, and that we find in God, um, that, that he called us to set the captives free and, and has set us free, and, and we're demonstrating that kind of in, in a physical manner. Manner, But that he can spiritually redeem um, those that are, are really lost. And so, um, yeah, that's that's the other thing is, is how do we bring um, the, the, the love of God to the most broken individuals? And that really is the gospel story is is that uh, the most broken, the marginalized, the, the rejected, the outcasts uh, and uh, and the people that are too far. Are the ones that that God
0: seems to draw near to? Yeah, I mean, I, I think all all three of us in this room um, all know that our our favorite Jew, um, uh, Jesus, was it uh, be for us in the Christian faith, was not afraid to. He didn't he didn't run away from the most broken, and he didn't run away from the prostitutes. He didn't run away from, from those. He he didn't say just you're bad people. This is this is what right. we're called as people of faith. And Rabbi, I think you would join us too. Is that? It is important for us as people of faith, as children of God. Um, it, it's easy to just judge and damn the folks who are adding to the horror, um, but we also have to look in the mirror because, going back to that Edmund Burke quote, <laughs> "It's evil pervades when good, 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 good people don't do anything." Right? And I know I just paraphrased that quote. Um, and so, so we're, we're 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 all we're all part of the mess, uh, whether we like it or not, and we got to do our part. Um, and so I think the part of our prayer life, too, is just to pray for those who are in the midst of this, who are perpetrating it, who are part of this broken system, because those people are broken. They've gone through some horror where they think this is just whether it's okay or whatever. Um, so I guess, so, so let, us, let us ask you this. Noel, you've been, you've been you're, you're part of this industry. You've been fighting this. You've been part of the movement. Do you have more hope today than you did when you first started as in, the, in, in, in helping stop human trafficking, uh, just right here in America.
2: Yeah, I really do. You know, and, and part of that is is that uh, a lot more people are generally aware that human trafficking is a problem. And, and you know, a little over 10 years ago, uh, no one really knew about human trafficking or really much, much about it, you know, or that modern day slavery was a problem that we're all kind of facing uh, in our generation. And so that's huge strides that. Uh, you know, through media, entertainment, through news stories, through these high-profile cases with uh, Epstein and Kraft, right? That now the general public is is aware that human trafficking is a problem. Epstein being a case of you know, uh, 30 minutes from our, our hometown, right, uh, uh, of where this has happened. So a high-profile case, uh, and Kraft as well. So, um, but the the uh, the other is is that. Um, uh, the methodologies and the way that people are thinking about human trafficking is training and uh, changing. And part of that is, is that there's less burden on the victim who's been trafficked. They've gone through these traumatic experiences. They're they're often forced to, to take drugs and, and, and things like that. And so it's really hard for them to retell and relive those events. Uh, as you can imagine, it's almost a, a re-traumatization of the victim and so by approaching it from a rico racketeering standpoint or an organized crime standpoint uh, it removes a lot of that burden off the victim uh and allows the law enforcement and prosecutors and district attorneys to really think about it of following the money uh trying to get them on tax evasion trying to get them on on kind of all these different angles uh than than what they're they're used to and i think that that's giving uh uh, a reinvigoration into the counter-trafficking movement, where uh, typically earlier you started off the show mentioning how uh, law enforcement and others are kind of weary in this this fight of human trafficking, and so I think that there there have been some momentous wins. I think the uh, the Epstein case has has been another win for the counter-trafficking movement, and so uh, on the the wings of of that momentum, I think that we're seeing a lot of progress made. Um, there's been a a national action plan that was recently put out um, uh, from the white house and uh, and it talks very in depth about um, how to fight human trafficking from an organized perspective and and this really the other beautiful thing is this is a unifier of uh of our country right now (laughs) where there's a a huge divide you know and, and so many things uh Uh, human trafficking is the one thing that we can all agree on. (laughs) It should not exist in society. And and for society to thrive, uh, it's our our duty to
0: eradicate uh, human trafficking. So uh, you were saying earlier that you have noticed that both administrations, the Biden administration and the Trump administration, are are pretty much the same strategy, agree on it, and of how to take on human trafficking. So it, it wasn't like a big change once Biden came in, right?
2: That's exactly right, you know and that's kind of the, uh, the beautiful thing is, is that uh, both administrations uh, had a, a national action plan that attacks the organized crime. it works uh, you know to enhance banks and financial institutions awareness of of this and to put their proper vehicles uh, in place. And so this is the the time to reach across the aisle and uh, and really work together and, and even I mean it's kind of beautiful on this show is that we can have interfaith communities coming together to tackle a very real problem that is, is facing society. And what great power to see um, groups of, of people uh, that may not normally meet together, come together to tackle what I would argue is, is the largest uh, problem facing uh, our generation. And Noel, um, how are you funded? so uh we are a a for-profit company data and analytics company we made that choice so that we can contract with the department of defense and and other uh government agencies and so um we've raised funds as as a startup company a data and analytics company and then uh we funded through the the trainings and the
0: uh the data that we sell uh as well so let's 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 uh let's put an action item here so uh Let's say that uh, Rabbi Durbin says, Father Anderson, we're going to, we're going to, we want to get the information out. So we will call, uh, we're going to host something uh, just to kind of a lunch and learn. And so sure. St. Mary's, why don't you come on over because Temple Beth Hayam and St. Mary's likes to work together uh, and, What would that, and just to heighten this awareness you're talking about, what is trafficking? We got to start from ground one, right? A lot of us know ground zero. I mean, so what is human trafficking? And then also what you've been talking about. What are signs as industry leaders and people in the industry? And what are simple things you can do, even if you're not a part of big industries, like writing a letter to your commissioner or just going right to the open mic at the commissioner meetings about the stuff about ordinances. Um would would will we contact someone like would we contact you? Just say, hey, can you come in and speak to us at Lunch and let you Learn? Or would you direct us to, to people you recommend?
2: No, I I would uh, personally come do it. You know, I, I'm speaking at a, another church uh, tonight uh on on human trafficking and kind of uh, this is a passion so I'm happy you know especially locally uh, to come in and, and do a lunch and learn and, and talk about this because um i think that the conversation is the start point here and and just being willing to get over the uncomfortableness of the the topic to have a conversation to become more aware to understand uh you know that it's not just overseas it's here it's you know three forms of human trafficking that's helpful to to go forward and starts as a launching pad of of how we can engage community leaders, how we can engage law enforcement and other partners.
0: Well, Noel, we, we can't thank you enough for for just starting the conversation here with us and with our listeners. Um, as you know, for anyone who's listening right now, fourteen fifty WSTU, this is also podcasted. Uh, so please go on and share this podcast with with others you might with it with folks who uh, would really like to to hear more about this, especially people in industries that Noel mentioned uh, that are get affected by human trafficking, hotels and ride shares and grocery stores. And so they can be a part of it and just be aware of the signs. Uh, Noel, if people want to learn more and get, get more in depth, how can they find you? Uh,
2: they can go to our website, zerotrafficking.com. Uh, and, and the best way is probably that contact us section on the site. So depending on your uh, your interest and kind of background, we can plug you into to the right area, whether that's with us or one of our partner uh, nonprofits, um, you know, we'll get you kind of going in the right, right direction, because we know that there's a lot of people that are passionate about this, but don't know exactly where to, uh, where to start.
0: Absolutely. Go to zero trafficking.com. Check it out, learn about it, call these guys in. If you're in another state or another place, check your local organizations that are there or just contact zealtrafficking.com and they can let you know of people they vouch for who would be good to get your local congregation, your local worship home, your local, whatever organization, women's club, to say, how can we be a part of this? Uh, We are called as people of faith to liberate the enslaved. And we have sisters and brothers in our backyard who are being trafficked for labor, sex, and organs. Um, and let's be part of, uh, of the self-ethic story uh, that God is calling us out of Egypt, liberate, liberate. Um, we're all called to this. So thank you, Noel, for, uh, for for coming on here. Our producer just let us know that you have now uh, been known as the guest with the greatest hair. So, and that's a big deal on the show. That's a big Wow. Deal. <laughs> thank you yeah, we, we are infatuated with, with hair and usually a rabbi takes that, but you have now taken the crown. So <laughs> congratulations. Okay. Um, all right, my brother, God bless you. Uh, keep on Likewise. finding a good fight and, um, um, we will, uh, we look forward to get, get updates and, and, uh, hopefully we get some movement going here. So peace to you, you, my brother. And you as well. Thank you very much for having me on the show. We That's are, right. we are, we are grateful. All right, Rabbi Durbin, that wraps up another episode. Listen, uh, you and I got big news, you know, so we only got two more episodes here on WSTU before we are just become more uh, in podcast world. So for all of you... um we got two more, two more Fridays. And then after that, we are off the air, off a live radio and you, but you can always find us on the podcast. So Google or wherever you want to do your podcast, just look up a priest and a rabbi, the one with the very good looking rabbi. That's the one that you want and uh, subscribe and continue to be a part of this because we'll still continue to post um, in a new format with a new style, new look, new, you, new us. Same God who loves us all. All right, everyone. We love you. We'll see you next week here uh, on A Priest and the Rabbi. Peace.